Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a this is Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. You know the credits, maybe. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that intro song with his girlfriend, Sarah Cohen. And Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Bless him. And Vilmos works on my website. And Vilmos, you should check uh, the links on that because he is available to do your website, it turns out. He's hanging up a shingle. He's doing it. So go check him out. It is a great month. The sponsor this month <laughs> is my sister. My sister, Darlication, who pronounces her name in a way that many people want to pronounce my name, which is with Cashian or Kashian or she ethnics it up. I don't know why. Our dad always said Cation. But much like Stephen Colbert, she gets to do whatever she wants. So it's a great episode. Um feel free to know about the things in my life, which of course are, this will make an excellent Horcrux DVD and CD available April 1st, available right now for $5 download on allthingsrecords.com through the allthingscomedy.com podcast network of which I am part of and I love those guys. You should go over there and check them out. And on jackiecation.com, there's t-shirts and CDs and all kinds of stuff. I'm going to be everywhere. I'm going all over the place. Hong Kong. Uh, Austin, Texas, Chicago this summer, very glamorous, or this fall, or something like that. Anyway, go to JackieCation.com for full details of absolutely everything else. Let's get into it. At RBC Wealth Management, social responsibility starts at the top. As a part of the Royal Bank of Canada, RBC has been recognized among the world's financial, social, and environmental corporate leaders. Our sense of responsibility extends to our reputation for putting clients' interests first. My personal commitment is to help you achieve your financial goals by also considering sustainable and responsible investing strategies. To learn more, visit www.darlacashian.com. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE FINRA SIPC. Live Dork Forest, Seattle. Live Dork Forest! Very exciting. My name is Jackie Cation, and this is a coffee that I purchased by going out outdoors and looking around. Because I didn't know if there was a coffee shop, but I was almost sure there was. And then it worked. Okay, so uh, sitting across from me, local Seattle uh, dork luminary, Ken Jennings, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have him. Thank you. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Jackie. Sure, this is neat. Um, the whole Jeopardy thing, of course, always fascinating because it's quick. It's not just it's in the form of an answer or a question, question or a I thing, believe. and then uh, and then you also have to, you have to be smart, and then you have to then there's tricks. Then there are tricks to there's get There's lots of tricks. Yeah, because everybody on the show is smart. You know? Right. It's not like Price is Right where they just pull people off the street. Right. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> yeah, like you've got Ow. a funny Alex Trebek T-shirt. Get it. Get up there. You know. <laughs> right. Come on down. So everybody's very smart. So often it does come down to the tricks. You know? Yeah. The, the thumb, for example. The th- you got a quick. Did you did you just do it knowing knowing that you would probably know the answer? <laughs> they uh, often you do buzz without having the answer in your head. Like there's something in your head that tells you. 
I don't have this answer ready to go yet, but as Alex, this Canadian man is staring at me, <laughs> I, I will be able to produce it from somewhere inside yeah, me. It's hard to be intimidated by Canadians. He's a, as Canadians go, he's in the scarier bracket though, <laughs> right? Ooh, he is a little spooky. He's uh, yeah. And then that, and then there's always weird topics that you may or may not, uh, be familiar with, correct? Yeah, it could be anything. It like, can be anything. You, you go out there and li- you can't cram for Jeopardy because literally it could be opera or it could be bees. Nuclear physics. It could be bees. Could it's be bees. probably beekeeping. It might be beekeeping. On, on, any, on any given night. Or it could be hip hop, you know? You, right. you have no idea. And then all of a sudden you're like, have I, what was the last hip hop album? What was the last hip hop album you bought? Last hip hop album I bought? Yeah. Oh, or stole. Wow. Or yes. Whatever. So are we counting stole? Sure, sure. I remember buying in CD form Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Okay. But that was like, that was at least uh, 12, 15 years ago? Over 10 years ago. I have sure. that one. 15. That's what I uh, like to do. I like to get music every 12 to 15 years. That's how you, I'm not even kidding. That's how you can tell you're really devoted to a genre. Right. If every 15 years you go out and buy the one record that even the white people have heard of. Sure. I, I, my last granddaddy album is from 2002. <laughs> Are they still right. together? Is Granddaddy still together? They are. They played I... Outside Lands uh, a year and a half ago, and I saw them, and I didn't know any of the songs because they've been writing ever since 2002. I saw, I saw I them open for uh, Elliot Smith, so that, yeah, I've never <laughs> seen them open for a living artist. That's how. <laughs> That's how, that's how long it's been since I saw Granddaddy. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so uh, I did actually just buy a new rap album. I bought Eminem's new uh, new album. It's excellent. It's excellent. It turns very, out. He, he raps very fast. Is he's right? a very quick rapper. It's true. Him and the hippity hop. Uh, he talks very quick. Uh, like Jeopardy. S- right. And he is ta- still hanging out with uh, not the greatest ladies. <laughs> his his uh, his he's Spoilers. not hanging out with the spoiler alert. He's uh, hanging out with assholes, and uh, and it continues. These are not. He should hang out with librarians, and then he would s- sing about how bitches be reading too much. But <laughs> do you think he do you think he hangs out with these sort of low life women for the material? Is, is oh, he like is he like I, doing research? I like have no idea. He can he, he can must... deduct the bleach he has to buy, and uh... he must it must be the lowest self esteem ever. But he does have a great line he was like you remind me of a 49er because you've been a gold digger since you was a minor <laughs> boom I and said. it rhymes and it rhymes and it's lovely uh but and and he's very angry at this woman this woman uh might have blown dre wow both guys named dre two guys named dre so so not the dre not eminem's friend dre. no eminem's friend dre and then and another other guy, guy named, named dre, dre who he also knows confusing and a guy named lupa not Lupe Fiasco, Lupa. I'm unfamiliar with his work. I've been told that I should buy something called Acid Wrap. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk about your dorkdoms, which are pretty much, I mean, when I, a, a gentleman such as yourself, you're, you're willing to go down many rabbit holes. I'm a, clearly. I'm a professional dork and it's sort of a lifelong thing, you know? Right? Uh, even as a kid, I would just be obsessed with, one thing for two weeks, you know, dinosaurs or whatever it is, right? Mummies, you know, something, oh, and, and you're just, fa- you know, no, nobody's as fascinated as you know a ten year old boy with a new <laughs> right. obsession, you know, right, right. And then you go, and there are picture books, and there's chapter books, and then there is, and then it just gets, then it gets too dense, and then you're eleven, and you're like, I'm done. <laughs> you, the, I remember right? going into the closet, you know, because you realize. 
you know, this is it's a social liability actually. Oh right. It's, you know, it's the opposite of cool to be obs- too obsessed with something. You know, right. It's okay. not a hit with girls to know Captain Kirk's middle name. You know, <laughs> and so you 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 know you don't want people to know that's you. Right, right. And I think that once you start admitting that kind of thing, it. I mean, if it were girls, everyone would be like, "Oh, he's a boy who's into girls." But if you're a boy that's into, you know, gemstones, uh, people are less interested. And you're like, "No, I'm going to buy them for girls," and uh, that doesn't work. That's weird. My son is actually pretty obsessed with rocks and gems right now, so well, it's weird that you would say that because I he is certainly a future Dork he, Forest guest in training. You know? Excellent, excellent. The geology. I, I have not had a geology a rock dork on yet. Uh, attainable goal. Anybody out there? Anyway, think so. of the ratings if you were to get a think of the ratings. Uh, fascinating rock and gem expert. <laughs> young, young, uh, what's your, uh, whatever, young boy Jennings, and uh, that's, 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 that's actually his that's name. His name, young boy, boy Jennings. We're, we're Native Americans, <laughs> and uh, your 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 given name is Tarzan, and uh, you named him Boy. I don't I don't blame you. All right, so I had to look up. I I always ask people what uh, their dorkdoms are, and they usually send me a, a short list. And uh, the first one, I had to look it up, uh, and then I was like, oh, I've heard of that. And it is a uh, geocaching. I'm obsessed with geocaching. You guys ever, anybody here ever done this? Seattle, Seattle's sort of like Geocaching Central. The company that runs the universe of geocaching is like, they used to be like one street down from here. Now they're in Fremont. Okay. It's a, it's a map related pastime. I was always sort of a geography nerd as a kid. Right. I was writing this book about maps and uh, somebody clued me into this thing called geocaching. Right. It's a treasure hunt based on based on GPS, based on the talking voice in your dashboard that tells you you've made a wrong turn. Okay, but it's actual coordinates, not just on the corner of Elm and 12th. Right. What if instead of making you feel bad, that lady was like leading you on a merry chase oh, through the, the through the yeah. back streets and forests? And of you your, don't just uh, have to follow the blue line. You have to actually hit hit the button to look at the whole picture. Right. Someone, so um, someone has hidden something. Something. At minimum, it's a, it's a contain a small container with a log, a paper log you could sign your name on. Okay. And it's hidden somewhere in the universe. There's like two million of these now, I think. And all you have is a latitude and a longitude. And is it you say that there's a company that started doing this as a thing? Or? Well, they, they manage the website. It's pretty much you know it's it's essentially open source. Some guy in Oregon just invented this one day. It's like okay. Clinton decrypted GPS. Suddenly, anybody in the world can ask a satellite where they are to within like three feet. Which is some totally new thing. Wow. And this guy the next day goes out and buries this thing in the woods and, and posts, like on Usenet, he posts the coordinates and says, hey, go find my, uh, my trash can. Okay. And this is, this is how geocaching starts. Some weirdo in Portland. Oh, that had to be Portland. There's some, <laughs> yeah, bearded, shocker. the bearded youth movement. Uh, what year was that? Uh, Clinton era, late Clinton era, so 99, I think. Okay, okay, late 90s. Uh, just some dude. Just and, some dude, and it catches on. And so, and now there's a company in Seattle that actually, you know, runs the website and says, right. you know, you, you ping them and say, here, here, here's where I am, and it tells you, oh, there's 13 geocaches within, oh, you know, cool. 2,000 feet of you or something, right. you know, it's, because now they're omnipresent. It used to be, you'd have to go to some amazing beauty spot, you know, that it would, Lead you and a every, merry chase through Hill and Dale. And, and now, everybody's pretty cool about it, right? It's been, it's a, like, is it, and is it geocaching.com or .net or .net? Yeah, it's just geocaching.com. At AOL.com. What's the, yeah. <laughs> that's, it's an angel fire site, I think. <laughs> so, and, and it can be anything. It'd just be like, this is my, here's a free Pez dispenser. Sometimes it's very, sometimes it's very simple. You know, it's, uh, it's just a little Tupperware hidden in the woods. Okay. Which is fun. You're using this, you know, multi-billion dollar array of military satellites. Right. To do what? To find a, a little Tupperware that somebody's hidden in the woods. And, and often there will be, you can, you can swap like trinkets. You'll open it up and there'll be not just a log design, but also like Happy Meal toys or something. Okay. So it's great for kids. You know, my kids are obsessed with it because 
it's actually like a treasure hunt from a from a Hardy Boys book or something, but in real life, you know, right. with the uh, so you can do it in anywhere in the world. Like if you happen to be in Rio de Janeiro, and if you ping their site, someone might have buried something. I have done that. My I was at Angkor Wat, and it turned out there was a geocache. It, is that Vietnam or Cambodia? Cambodia, yeah. Like, All right. Like the cool falling apart one from the Laura Croft yeah. movie. Somebody has hidden <laughs> somebody has hidden a geocache like in some which I mean you're probably not supposed to do. It's like a UNESCO World Heritage site. Do not yeah, yeah. do not It's not a construction site. Do not folks. hide Tupperware. Yeah, somewhere on the Parthenon. If you could <laughs> <Right>. please uh, <laughs> try not to But they're ubiquitous, yeah. No matter yeah. where you are. Like often if I'm in a hotel somewhere with an hour to kill, I'll be like, Where's the nearest geocache? And it'll always just be just down the street, there's, oh, a, there's awesome. a hidden treasure. That's you know what? Uh, now I want there to be like the the wall in Jerusalem. Uh, <laughs> that's another inappropriate place. Now I want, just want to think of inappropriate places. Nine Eleven, the Ground Zero. Uh, it's a it's a very respectful. It's a respectful place. I'm going to bury a vial of tears. Um, never forget. Never forget the coordinates. <laughs> Yay. Ken Jennings. But sometimes, and, sometimes it's very <laughs> elaborate. You know, sometimes yeah. there's a puzzle to solve or something. Like, instead of getting the coordinates, you get, uh, you know, a series of diabolical clues. Oh, you cool. Know? Like from an eccentric millionaire. Yeah. Yes. Like, like the Riddler. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, and so I yeah, often, like, I remember I've had to, uh, uh, I remember having to figure out the matrix that um, turns RGB monitor colors into, like, the old scheme for, like, old TV cathode ray tubes, like color TV tubes. Like, and by mastering this mathematical transform, I produced the coordinates for the cache, <laughs> which is a total waste of time, obviously. <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to need this knowledge again, but uh, but that was the kind of esoteric thing you had to do. Right, right. That'll, But it'll stop the voices. Are you kidding? <laughs> it's amazing. It'll just, it's just so great. Like, it's, like the voices of my wife and kids. Kids usually like I'm like I, I gotta go run some errands, honey. I'll be back in a couple. Except hours. for the, the voices are, Dad, why are you still doing that? And just like I'll be right with you, and uh, but the yeah, but the, but now they're into it too, right? The kids are are on board and they want to go. And how close to the? I mean, the coordinates you say are within 350 feet. So let's say the, the technology it, it, it's it's uh, degrees and then minutes, which is like a sixtieth of a degree, okay. apparently. And then instead of seconds, you get like a thousandth of a minute. So it's 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 uh, I think it yes. does translate to like a you know a, a cube on the Earth's surface, like three by three feet. Like it really wow. can tell you exactly. But the thing is, there's some you know these GPS devices. They're not perfect. You know, it bounces off trees, bounces off okay. buildings. Maybe you don't have the right. They call it a constellation of satellites overhead, you know, just where the satellites happen to be. Okay. Because what you're doing, as I understand this, is you're triangulating between multiple satellites. Okay. You're, you're pinging them, and they can tell by how long it takes for the signal to get back to you. Right. It can tell exactly where you are as long as you have three different satellites. That's so – you know – It's crazy, right? What was the first GPS – like the first one I had was like a Garmin that went in my car. And it was yeah. portable and it just died like a month ago. But I'd had it. I've had it for like five or six years. So the technology isn't that old. The, yeah, the, the satellites have been there since like this. I think the seventies or eighties. But the government was intentionally jamming the signal, so you'd get data that had been scrambled. Okay. You know, it would it would know where you were, but by law it would have to tell you. Just kidding. You might be thirty feet over there, and then it would be like, no, 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 wait, you're twenty feet behind me. <laughs> And then, you know, Clinton signs his executive order saying, guess what? There are now workarounds. This jamming thing doesn't work anymore. We might as well just let people have the data. Okay. And so it created this whole location-based industry. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that that was a – okay. Because I, my father-in-law had the first handheld GPS, and it wasn't anything fancy. It was like it was like the old-timey green screen with like a boop. 
you know, it looked old school. And I remember when he told me about it, it was like 10 years ago. And I was like, what do you use this for? And he, of course, uh, he was like, well, I just use it to find where I planted my pot in the national forest <laughs> in Arkansas. <laughs> and um, I was like, huh. And he said, yeah, because you let it grow and then you go harvest it when it's done because otherwise you make a trail and the cops could. And I was like, stop talking. Stop. We're, I'm, I'm good, Clyde. I'm good. And uh, That's why the government was jamming it because of the, right. your uncle, whoever the, your uncle right, my or father who, your father-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Like he's the problem. He was. He was definitely part of the solution. <laughs> and uh, it, it was. Uh, yeah. So so you have. But you've traveled extensively. Ankar, what? I've always wanted to go there, weirdly enough. Was it gorgeous? Was it beautiful? It's amazing. Yeah. We were in Thailand and I was like. We're like a bus ride away from Angkor Wat, like mm-hmm. you know. This That's amazing what Kissinger place. said. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, let's just carpet bomb our way through. <laughs> we'll make a path straight to. Sure, uh, sure. No, we took a bus. It was a lot easier. Oh, good. It's a lot easier today. Were there chickens? On uh, the yeah, bus? yeah. No chickens on the bus. Okay. Um, but lots of like water buffalo roaming the sides of. The oh, good. Okay. Crazy yeah. stuff at the border. Oh. By the way, like they try to run all these scams, like they want you to like buy a visa, but it's really just these guys on a motorbike. So <laughs> they're just stopping you going, would you give me $10 if I asked you? You're kind Maybe of. Maybe a lot of Americans are dumb and probably just right. are afraid they're going to get macheted. And, uh, right, right. So, but I had read on the internet, just say no to all the sketchy stuff and eventually you'll get to the border. So my wife and I do this. We keep saying no. And she's like, we're going to get killed. These guys, are, <laughs> you know, every time some new obstacle, she'd be like, these are the guys, these are the guys with the machete. <laughs> but we eventually made it across. Right. No one was, and there was, and, and people are, it's just, I think they're just just pinging you, you know. It's just like, oh, well, maybe, maybe, you never know. maybe. It's a numbers game. It's all, it's all just cold, cold. And here's the thing about the border. In, uh, I'm going to get this wrong. In Thailand, they drive on the left. I think. Am I doing this right? And in Cambodia, they drive on the right. Oh, interesting. So you can imagine how the, the what a land border looks like. You know, <laughs> like, like I was wow. like dying to see what this would look like. It's just like head-on collisions, like <laughs> all the time. Like, how does this even work? Or how some kind of Mobius work? strip of. Yeah. Uh, I was so excited to see him. We got to the border. Total letdown. Oh, it's, yeah? Yeah, they just – there's nothing happens. They stop the truck. They check them. Every so often a truck comes through, swerves around. Like there's no traffic at all. So there's no Oh, crazy, everyone's sane and – Yeah. And they're just tr- run by adults. Yeah. Just, oh, interesting. You know, they, they wave a truck through and it switches sides. It was the most boring thing. Oh, well, right. Was there was no very, drama. Very it was bummed. perfectly fine. All right. Like so, like so many other things in life, right? A huge letdown. You build it up, you build it up, and then oh, I was thinking about this the other day because I sometimes have my my dreams. I never remember them, but when I do, they always mean something, and uh, it's never a mystery, and it's usually a stress related dream. And all all it what I've realized is that every single dream I remember is the future is going to be is scary, but it's going to be almost exactly like the present, but slightly different. That's every single dream I've ever had. <laughs> That's pretty accurate, isn't it? It, it is. The, I, I'm terrified. The bottom falls out of something. I land somewhere that looks almost exactly like where I was, but slightly different. What kind, what kind of differences? Like, Well, the one that I remember offhand, it was I was standing next to Mr. Peabody, weirdly enough. New movie coming out. Uh, so, but it was... It's like product placement in your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> That's how American I am. And uh, so it was it's all working, folks. Congratulations. And uh, yeah, there's a drone. No, but the uh, um, 
Yeah, so he, I was standing next to the Wayback Machine, but it wasn't a Wayback Machine. It was a, it was a future machine. And Mr. Peabody was actually saying to me, if you press this button, you can see what the future is like. And I was like, oh, I want to see what the future is like. He said, yeah, but you got to pick or not pick, pick or not pick. And then you can't come back. You can't come back. And then he's screaming at me, Mr. Peabody, screaming at me, pick or don't pick, pick or don't pick. And finally I was like, I'm picking. And I slam the button. I fall to the ground. I land almost exactly on the street that I live on, except for that the buildings are slightly different. So I was like, oh, the future's going to look almost exactly the same, but be slightly different. And I'm going to be nervous until that happens. That was the message of every dream I've ever had about, about stress. That's pretty much true, though. Like, if people, if somebody came here from 1980, like, they'd be surprised about cell phones mm-hmm. and, like, salted caramel or something. <laughs> they'd be like, we didn't, we never, we never put salt in. But everything else, they'd be like, yeah, these lights, you know, microphone, right. like, everything else would be this. It's not like Star Trek where suddenly everything is, like, Buck Rogers shaped, you know? Right, right. It's not like teleportation was invented. It was like, right. I mean, everything. And just think how quick we would get used to teleportation. Right. Like right now, the internet is available in the sky, and when it doesn't work, you're like, fuck. <laughs> like, and you're all mad. Like, and, like and, your phone's slightly slower. Like, like the sum of all human knowledge <laughs> is taking a few more seconds to arrive in right. your hand than it usually does, and you're so pissed. You know? Right, right. It's like it's, it's like at the end of Shawshank Redemption when that guy gets out, and he's like, everyone's so fast. And then... I'm sure, uh, like, nine weeks later, he would have been fine. <laughs> Should have stuck at, what's his name? Dutch, or what's the guy's name? In Shawshank Redemption? Red? Oh, it was Red. No, no it's, it's, I'm talking about James Whitmore, the white guy who hangs himself. Brooks. Oh, Brooks. Yeah, Brooks. Isn't he the guy who, like, hangs himself just yeah, before Yeah, because he, he can't take it. He would have got used to it. He would have got He's used to it. He's bagging groceries, everything's yeah, fine. The future but. is different, but the same. Don't worry about it. Don't kill yourselves. It's a waiting game. It's, it's going to be fun. Good message for the kids. Yeah, exactly. Everyone listening. <laughs> It'll be okay. What I like is the next one, which was forgotten early 20th century newspaper comics. Yeah. Alley Oop. No, That's the only one even older. I remember Alley, the dinosaurs, right? Dinosaur on a caveman, right? No, all I remember is the name. Alley Oop. <laughs> like, uh, like the older they get, like the more beautiful they are. Like, uh, have you ever seen, like, Little Nemo and Slumberland? Like, uh, these sort of weird, surreal dream sounds... landscapes. Like, this kid goes to bed. Yeah. And, you know, it's obviously Mushroom Trip or something because he's in these these places with weird geometries and suddenly the ceiling is the wall. And uh, and that was, a, that was a daily newspaper or a weekly newspaper. A week, every comics. Sunday. And this is, like, 1910. And the most beautiful, lush color. Like, wow. uh, you know, and like, you know, we saw it when, you know, in the mid eighties, suddenly USA Today is in color and we're like, whoa, you know, right. this is so pretty. And yet, like in the 1910s, they had these amazingly gorgeous, like essentially oil canvases in the paper every Sunday. And it was, it was popular entertainment. You didn't and have TV. Just... You looked forward to what little Nemo was going to be doing. Right, right. What was little Nemo doing? Was he, a, was he a sea captain? <laughs> no. Was there a Nemo happening? No, he's just I a don't... kid. He. Okay. He's a kid who falls asleep. He goes to these, he goes to dreamland. Okay. Unlike your dreamland, it's actually interesting and, uh, oh, right, right. and evocative, and, you know. And complicated and it's things not, are going on. Sometimes it is, sometimes he does, it is his bed, but then his bed gets up and starts walking. So occasionally it's more like your, your dreams. Oh, it's surreal. Yeah, but it's very surreal. Yeah, you know, and, uh, he'll be in some palace and then things start to grow or shrink like Alice in Wonderland style. Okay. Um, and it's just beautifully, gorgeously drawn with all this great Art Nouveau kind of architecture. And these are just new sheets. That came out in 1910. Yeah. Every and, uh, and they've recently there's been some trend to reprint all this stuff, even the obscure, weird ones. And it turns out they're all just gorgeous. And sometimes they reprint them at actual because newspapers used to be like literally the size of 
like a plasma TV. Like they were okay, newspapers like 42 were inches across. Yeah, like you spread it on the floor and it would like be the size of your living room, you know? And, kids and there would, would be one image? Over. Or uh, it's, three it's, images? It's panels, or, you know, right, like a comic but page. Big panels. But yeah, and, and now they're reprinting them at actual size in these huge oversized hardcovers that are literally the size of your desk. Right. And it's, it's this amazing immersive experience and you realize why these things were so popular. Compelling, they they yeah. were literally taller than the kids reading them, you know? Like, <laughs> They're, and they're so really there's great. Little Nemo. What's another one? Um, Offhand. Uh, like a lot of these old ones are sort of crazy. There's this very obscure one that the guy who created Raggedy Andy did called Mr. Twee Deedle, who's this sort of imaginary dude with a mustache who shows up to playing ki- kids playing games and shows them things. Uh-oh. So it's this... <laughs> It's this real creepy molestery vibe. Right. Until you read it. It turns out he's just showing them poems about butterflies or whatever. Right, right. He's, he's just a little Asperger's or he and he's just like, I need to show you this thing. His name, it's not his fault. His name is Mr. Tweedle. Right, you know? right. And like he was born with a, a molestery name. Right. Know? And then he grew the mustache. <laughs> and then he grew a really curly mustache. <laughs> so, he and, he wears help a, his case. and he wears like a top hat. And, and he wants to hang out with children. And he wants to but. talk to little children on their genitals. But except for that, it's, <laughs> except for that, it's all really but cool. Before and that, it's fine right. <laughs> and then after that it's okay <laughs> so okay well that i mean yeah i mean you know the whole poetry thing when you know like there's a lot of that 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 sort of the the books of that time period there was a guy when i was in junior high i read um a, a boy's like there were boys books from the early 1900s this guy died in 1919 his name was joseph a altschuler and he wrote a series of boys books and they were like the story of the french and indian war they were the story of the civil war and then he wrote like three books about world war 1 and then he died in 1919 but uh the the but they were they're very well written but they were just considered crap novels right they were pulp novels of the time but they're so much better written than anything like, today. Like stuff today has gotten so much worse. Right. Just, the pulp I mean, stuff yesterday like actually looks pretty right, good Right, just because comparison. of the diagramming of sentences was a lot more, you know, I mean there was a lot more whip to it. And so everybody knew how to compose prose better. And so there are things that are well written today. But there was a, a children's novel I think from the 20s called Amazons and Swallows or Swallows and yeah, Amazons. Arthur yeah. Ransom, right? Or That's it. Ransom yeah. with an E, I think. And an e. um, But it's a very sweet book about – Little kids going camping on an island and nothing happens. They just have a little <laughs> boat and they just go camping and, and their mom's like, well, you got to come in in the morning, pick up some eggs so that your older sister can take the eggs back and milk and make some. And then you guys can play Indians and cowboys and run around all day and then I can get my life together. But this, this stuff still works for kids. Yeah. Like I give my kids, you know, today these overstimulated kids, I give my, like my daughter loves these boxcar children books. These, oh, yeah. these, these mysteries, but they're, they're, they're like mysteries, like, in the loosest possible sense. Usually the, the, the culprit turns out to be some old hermit and everybody knew about him all along. Or actually, this is my nephew. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's taking a semester off from college. This is the solution to the mystery. Like, but the texture of the books is, yeah, it's them like uh, finding old uh, flatware and frying an egg or something. Like this will oh. be a chapter. <laughs> And, you know, it's nothing – yeah, it's totally, like, devoid of incident. But my daughter loves this. Like, kids just latch on to these sort of slow, leisurely things, and we we think they won't, but they totally do. Right. If they're given an opportunity to read something – I mean, something – It's it's the same with – 
uh, Miyazaki movies. Oh, like, right, this, right. This Japanese director. Like, it's exactly – like, I'm not trying to do some slick segue here. Like, No, no, but it's a good one because like, it's – because like you've already jumped ahead. Like, his nice. movies always have, like, scenes of, like, like uh, there's a dry ground and rain starts to fall, you know, and you see the rain dot the ground and then the rain picks – or or kids look in a river and just watch leaves go down a river. And you'd think, this is boring. Kids, my kids are not going to watch that. No, kids are just hypnotized by this stuff. Like, Miyazaki knows exactly what he's doing. Right. It's They're fascinating. I – I had not seen any of them until I met my fella, and uh, he's a giant nerd. And uh, so he was like, have you ever heard of this Princess Mononoke? And I was like, no. And so that was it was a date movie. We ended up making out to it. But um, well, we know how to make out to it's cartoons. Yeah, it's pretty hot. Uh, <laughs> it was no Mulan. Uh, so... <laughs> And because you wanted to watch Princess Mononoke because it was fascinating. But all of his, all of his movies are, you know, they're, they're serious and they're beautiful. What are, what's your favorite ones? I mean, have you seen them all or? I think I've seen them all. Yeah. I, uh, I remember that I still have some affection for the very first one I saw, which is not ambitious at all. Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, right. Which, uh, it's a little witch. And the, the conceit, which is sort of funny, is that she's not really good at any of the stuff that witches should actually do, like spells and potions. All she can do is fly on a broom, which apparently is really – like I think that's awesome. Right. But that apparently for a plenty. witch, that's like the worst. You know? <laughs> it's like uh, – Anybody you know, can do that. Anybody can fly on a broom. So she delivers packages. Oh, right. It's the delivery service Yeah, and this, it's sort of this, the kikis – and this, the whole – really, it's the same kind of thing because the whole thing in the movie is like her delivering a cake – and worrying that it won't get there for the party, you know? Right. And you're like, these stakes are so low, you know? This is, <laughs> this is not Jack Bauer stuff, you know? But kids are like, holy crap, you know, what if the cake doesn't get there for the party? Like, <laughs> like, like he's totally, you know, on some wavelength that kids totally get. That's awesome. Yeah, cause, cause then I, I think my favorite one was the, the Valley of the Wind, Nausicaa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is all bugs, and I don't enjoy bugs, and, and they're giant fucking bugs. And, um, but it was so beautiful, and th- that story, that story was so, you know, like he has a new movie out. That is not for children. The wind. Right. Yeah, I, t- I took my 11 year old, but it was sort of a rough go. Right, because it was pretty dark. Or? Yeah, well, it's, it's just not a fantasy movie. It's about, for one thing, it's about the guy that invented the planes that bombed Pearl Harbor. So that's a that's a feel good story for the kids. All right. Nice job, nice job inventing those planes. Um, but uh, it's also just it's a it's a two hour and ten minute biopic. You know, it has no oh. fantasy elements at all. Okay, is it autobiographical or? Well, it's based on this real Japanese airplane designer. Okay. Um, of the you know sort of a fictionalized version of his life, and but I think there's a lot of Miyazaki in there because the guy has this you know the guy just wants to build beautiful airplanes, and of course the military industrial complex keeps saying. Awesome. Now we can bomb Pearl Harbor. And he's like, right. no, 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 no. You're totally missing the I, point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, not really, you know, it wasn't perfect for an 11 year old. Right. But I think the first, my nephew, one of my nephews was really into anime and I sent him, I can't even remember the name of it, but it was the darkest. And I was like, I, it was before I realized it was, I used to read all the books, but he was a very, I considered him kind of an old 11. So I, <laughs> I sent him, what is – I can't remember. The, maybe you guys will remember it. It's the one where the two little kids right after uh, – A Grave of the Fireflies? Yeah. Oh, man. Did you, <laughs> the kid like – Yeah, he he was like, hey, Aunt Jackie, that was really sad. And I was like, what was it? And he was like, <laughs> it was right after – the bombing of Nagasaki and, and it was about these two orphan kids. And I was like, what have I done? And he was like, he was like, no, it was really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, uh, cause I had, cause the previous Christmas, I had given him these. Schindler's bo- List. 
I had given him these Marvel collection cards, and and when he opened it, he said, "These are the wrong ones." And I said, "That's actually the wrong answer." Sam. And, uh, the right answer is, "Thank you, Aunt Jackie. These are perfect." And and then he goes, "No, no, these are the right ones. Thank you so much." And I said, "See how hard was that?" And he goes, "No, no, they're the." And I said, "Uh huh." <laughs> So he had learned that he was that is, supposed to. That lie. is everything that's wrong with our with you know these kids today. These are the wrong ones. Like, these are the wrong Arr. ones, and, and then you're like, ah, lie, take them back. There's It'll this thing fine. every every Christmas on Twitter where people just retweet kids complaining about getting the, <laughs> getting the wrong tablet or the wrong right the whatever. wrong game or yeah. the wrong thing, and you're just like, wow. Just makes you want to gas them all. You know? <laughs> Seven billion people on the planet. We're not going to die out if I, I kill you. <laughs> we need to do some reverse Logan's run where we only kill the people like <laughs> under under 25 or, or exactly. whatever. No, no offense. I'm sorry. Yeah. Do anybody here make the cut? Are you guys good? Awesome. So yeah, you, did you see Ponyo? I did. My daughter loves Ponyo. My daughter looks like Ponyo, actually. Oh, adorable. She, except not not the weird one where she has the chicken legs. Like my, my daughter's not, she doesn't have birth defects or anything. Excellent. But she's got you know big face, big mouth. Like she always right, eating right. ham. Uh, Ponyo loves ham. One, if you want, if you need to know one thing about Ponyo, she enjoys. She does ham. not keep kosher. She's no. She will eat all of the ham out of all the. Sandwiches. Which is weird because she's from the ocean. Right. Like why? Like why is evolution? Why ham? Yeah. Maybe exactly. she just needed the salt. Where does she get ham? In the like, what does she do when she doesn't get ham? Right. Yeah. Well, my crazy thing was that is that that when when Tina Fey, when the mom, yeah, uh, essentially is like, hey, I'm gonna go help the old people. You're five. Uh, I'll be back in three days. And, uh, oh, and take care of the weird fish girl. And, in, and in, he's like, like in our house by the cliff where waves have recently been like sweeping right. over the road. Yeah. And you just so, chill here. Right. You stay here and take care of everything. I'll be right back in three days. And then he's like, oh, okay, sure. It, it reminds me of Flipper. I don't know if you ever <laughs> saw the original Flipper movie, but uh, there's an eight-year-old boy who was left uh, to do all of the work on Flipper. And uh, his dad, there had been a hurricane, and his dad leaves him a chore list where he's supposed to rebuild a fence and retile the roof, and he's supposed to do, and he meets Flipper and blows it all off because he's nine or seven or something. And um, and his dad comes back, and he's like, you're seven. I thought you were a, bo- a man. And <laughs> Wow. It's a movie from 1964. I can only recommend it. And uh, well, do you think that's how it really is in Japan? Like, is Asia just going to kill us because they actually have you know independent right. kids who get These to do children, stuff? And... Yeah, yeah. They're, well, they're, the shoes are amazing. I mean, they're. I mean, they're. They've really. They, they're building. They're building things. They're. They're living their lives. I mean, this this they're iPhone have, like works every time. Exactly. They're having children by the time they're eight. Thank you. It's all. Thank uh, you, Chinese seven-year-olds. Thank for... you. I'm going to Hong Kong uh, next month. Oh, nice. And. Uh, uh, and so I'm hoping to free some children. No, I have no idea. What's, uh, <laughs> like bring them home? Bri- I no, I don't want to raise them. <laughs> I've already made peace with that. <laughs> that I will be killed by. You want to free them was... and let them let them go like free willy. Like, <laughs> free run, willy. run like the wind. You know, let, let your fin go straight up as you course through the ocean. Because you know that you know that uh, killer whales in captivity, their fins are they never. They're always flopped over. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Only when they're not in captivity do their fins go up. Is that right? I don't actually know that. I actually, I think that's true. That was, someone told me I that. Didn't, I didn't watch that bummer documentary about how you don't go to SeaWorld because it's the worst. Oh, I can't do it. I can't watch the, the kill like all the dolphin one. I saw that one and I still sort of regret it. Right, right. I saw the penguin one and that one was supposed to be a good one. 
but right? That, that one's good. Nobody like comes out at the end and starts hacking up penguins. It's do they? true. The penguins just die of natural selection oh, <laughs> because it's the march of the penguins, and they're adorable. And now but we know what they're marching toward: death, death. inexorably, <laughs> as we all are. As, yeah. Wow. What's, uh, <laughs> what else is in the news? Cheerful. Uh, How about the new electric cars? What about that? That was the other thing is that you just got an electric I just got, got an electric car. Which one? Uh, the Volt. It's the oh. electric car for, for wussies. For, for, cause it's, it's not really an electric car. Like it's electric until you run out of batteries and then there's this backup <laughs> gas engine. It's like, just right? kidding. We know you're not ready for this America. <laughs> then the gas engine just kicks in and actually gets you to the mall. Or oh, whatever. good. Oh, good, good. It's, uh, but it's uh, it's you know, baby steps. So it's it's got like a forty mile range, and the, the really the idea is much most of your driving. You know, if you if right. you have like a normal non kill Huge yourself kind of commute, yeah, most of your driving is. And I work at home, so it's mostly just stupid errands for me. Right. So and that's perfect for me. You know, I I've had the I've driven. I got the car a couple of weeks ago. I've used like half a gallon of gas. Wow. It's and it's you know just you plug it in every night. You know, here in Seattle we got cheap. Uh, Hydroelectric. So, so you power. you pl- you have to plug it in every night. It's coming from yeah, I come home and plug in my car like George freaking Jetson, you know. Right, like, right. And I feel pretty cool every time. Like just gotta plug in my car. <laughs> I, just, I have this little door here in the car. Just gotta ch- charge my iPhone you, and my car. You don't put gas in this. It looks like a gas store, and then it's like a plug, and you're like. I'm kind of looking forward to it, though. Uh, with comedy, every uh, all comics do are ruin things. So uh, Dave Mordahl <laughs> does this joke about how, you know. When you plug it in, electricity doesn't come from rainbows and unicorns. It is there is a, there's a coal plant belching gas. There's somewhere. parts of the country where electric cars are actually worse because you're getting it from coal instead oh, okay. of from relatively clean and, burning. But, but here it's apparently it's from, here it does come from rainbows because it's like you know it's hydroelectric clean or? water coming down from the Cascades, not only making oh. rainier beer but also oh, also now powering my and car. This coffee, very lovely. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I've um. There's there's a bunch of new ones out that kind of look like Hot Wheels that are really neat, the, the, like the Tesla leaf? and oh the, yeah I I can't do I can't afford a Tesla no 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 one can I had to be on Jeopardy for like ten more years right <laughs> did you see that last guy that was on Jeopardy that was gaming the system oh yeah smart guy yeah, yeah that people hated him like the Arthur Arthur Chu well that I didn't I didn't I liked the idea of him going. You know, I know I could beat this woman, and she deserves $27,000. Let's have her, the one where, where I guess when you oh, go he, into... He, yeah, he was betting to tie. Yeah, he was betting to tie when he went into Final Jeopardy, so that... Because if you tie, then the both both people get to keep the money, and then they both move to the next day. See, I'm not like that. Like, I was like the evil trainer in Rocky IV who's like, finish him, finish him, <laughs> you know, like... Like I do not Mortal want to. Combat. I do not want anybody coming back because I think like your your big advantage on Jeopardy is that you have held that buzzer in your hand and you know what you're doing. You know, oh, okay. Because the timing's very tricky. Okay. And you and every day they're bringing in fresh meat. You know, okay. which is awesome. These people are all like just deer in the headlights, like ah, right. You know, and so that's how that's how you win on Jeopardy. It's just totally unfair home field advantage. <laughs> right, right. Because I, I I thought that the guy was thinking, oh, I've already beat this lady. I can beat her again. I think it's more like some math thing where he doesn't want to bet the one extra dollar it would take to, to guarantee the win, you know, because oh. if he gets it wrong, that could actually cut against him. That's one more dollar he's going to lose if he's wrong. Okay. So, he, you know, he, he feels it actually ups his chances of winning. I also he's gave not him, being nice. I also gave him the benefit of the doubt and thought he was being chivalrous. 
No. I he's, am he's incorrect. An evil, he's a twisted evil he's genius. He's a twisted evil genius because that's who plays Jeopardy. No, that's what people thought. And it's, it's the worst. It's because he was Asian. Like people, you know, you see, because there have been tons of, I'm serious, there have been tons of like, you know. What's the stereotype? Tons Let's of, go there. Tons of white guys on Jeopardy. Yep. They all do this thing where they jump around and look yep. for the daily doubles. Like literally dozens of players have won a lot of Jeopardy doing this. This one Asian guy comes on and people are like, look at this guy. It's something a little different about him, you know. He's sinister. He's scheming. Like, was he also it, inscrutable? What a bunch of asshats. Exactly. Like, it's 2014 and we're still like, come see this Oriental guy on Jeopardy. <laughs> Jesus like, Jesus age it, Christ. It's the worst. Uh, yeah, what a bunch of, uh, I really could not jobs. believe, and I'm pretty convinced that that's what was going on. There was this very, there, ugly there was some racism. To it, yeah. yeah. That'll happen. Which I benefited from. I'm like the nice white guy on Jeopardy. Like, right, right. I'm, and so, I'm look at that. Unexamined guy. Jeopardy privilege here. <laughs> Another white guy being handed 20s under the table. Uh, and so whenever I meet, like, there's, you know, like, you you know, regular Seattle, chock full of people. You know, like, I just think that if, if a bomb hit Seattle, the Green Party would be devastated. But uh, that's what I always think. But um, the, um, but there's, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of, like, there's plenty of white guys that are like, no, no, I get it. It's not the advantage. Nobody's handing me 20s under the table. But there's the advantage of not being scrutinized quite as harshly, right? Like when you're a black man and you go into a store, people stare at you and expect you to steal shit uh, in in some cases, right, where that's the negative thing that is happening. And um, and the advantage of being white is that you don't have that. I don't know why this has turned into that, but but I do you not usually get into this on the podcast? I don't I don't know. I rarely but the but the weird but whenever I meet a guy who's like things are not things are not great for me either and I'm like no no that's cuz you're alive. <laughs> no, everybody is struggling. We get that. But it's I'm just saying that you have certain advantages as a 6 foot tall white dude that, you know, a 4 foot 7 Asian lady does not have. And so this is, this is my dorkdom. It's white male cishet privilege, it turns sweet. out. I'm totally into it. Like, uh, <laughs> I, it's, it's not unexamined. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I know how easy I have it, but it's also pretty awesome. I got it. It's pretty say. sweet. <laughs> it's, it's pretty I, sweet. I recommend it if you yeah, can, uh, if you can arrange There's it. a way that next lifetime we can all just work towards that. Upgrade. It's yeah. a, wait, so KenJennings.com. Can, wait, is it Ken? Hyphen? It's got a hyphen because I can't get the real one. Oh, right. There's this guy in Florida. Florida, the, he was running Squatter. a Republican state Senate seat in 1997. He bought all the Ken Jennings domains, like on the flimsy pretext that that was his name. But and like it was pre-Twitter though, pre-Twitter, pre-Twitter though, because yeah. you got Ken Jennings. I do on have Twitter. the real Twitter handle. Some some guy at some guy at Twitter, I think, actually like got it for me, thinking you might want this someday. Oh, and good I, and for I to- him. I totally laughed at it. I was like, I'm not going to get on this stupid thing. Right, and, and now totally addicted and now to Twitter. It runs my life. Oh, yeah, I freaking love the worst. I. I have the iPad, the, the iPad Mini, which no reason why it would be sitting there, because uh, I'm I'm doing a show. <laughs> but there it is, whispering. Hey, has anyone emailed you? Nope. <laughs> Maybe you got an evite to something. Who's still using evite? Anyone? Anybody out there? Oh, one lady. Good for you. I find myself like my phone's sitting here, and I find myself just sort of picking it up and like just touch. You it. gotta just touch it a little bit just to make it, sure it's still sleep. there. I, it's like, I was it's like the ring, you know, the one <laughs> ring. <laughs> It is a little bit like the it one. I sometimes sleep with it on the road, just as a little. It's uh, it like is, are you are you cuddled up a little bit? Like a little bit. It's I sleep with. Um, okay, this is too much. Uh, but uh, when I went to um, when when I went overseas and performed for the troops, I'd be in these tents, and I brought like I always have like three books, 
and the iPad, and then I would sleep with them. And then April Macy would make fun of me, one of the other comics. She'd be like, why are you sleeping with all your stuff? It's like a nest. And I was like, it's cozy. It's cozy. This is this is a Lois McMaster Bujold book I read when I get tense. And I'm, I'm not in a war zone, but there's a lot of people with guns around me. So I'm, I'm a little twitchy. And so I need a little uh, blanket. If I were Linus... Uh, it would uh, it would involve uh, several books. You got a security book. It's my security book. Who doesn't want a security book? Who's made of stone? That's right. Okay, now I want to talk about this, which seems you have you've written uh, essentially they're they're young they're junior genius guides is what they're called. Yeah, I have these new kids books that are out for. How many are there? Uh, the first two are already out. There's one about maps and geography, and one about Greek mythology. Oh, cool. And, are they uh, workbooky or what are they? They sort of have – they're – uh, it's all the stuff I liked in these kind of nerdy fact books when I was a kid where, where they've not – you know, the amaz- tons of amazing facts, you know, like okay. the giraffe's tongue is 20 feet long and all this stuff that irritating 10-year-olds love. Um, but also like – Is a giraffe's tongue – That's actually true. I'm not just making up fake facts here. H- how long is it? 20? 20 feet, yeah. Like three – like three LeBrons or something. I, like I don't know what to do with that information. Well, I know what to do with that You know they say about the size Not of a giraffe's cool. tongue. Yes, but um, – uh, But so, also like you know projects and like you know things that kids are into, codes to crack and projects to do and you know little recipes you can do with a grown-up. Oh, right, and, right, uh, right. Like make a volcano kind of stuff? Yeah, make, or, this, make this stuff fun for, and you know yeah, anything yeah. I thought was cool made the cut. Okay, so the first one was maps and stuff? Yeah. And what was – it was – because I, I mean people do love maps. I, I don't mind maps myself. I feel, but I I feel, yeah, I wrote a book about maps and I feel like uh, grown-ups are the wrong audience for that because grown-ups are just stressed out by maps. Like to a grown-up, a map is like I can't remember where I parked or I can't find my off-ramp or – Right, right. The, the only maps that we're really looking at are you are here and then you're trying yeah. to find the gap. Like, and, and we're already stressed by, yeah. the, by the time we're trying to find Savara or whatever. Right. So we associate maps with stress. It's like nobody – Nobody's excited about Imodium, even though Imodium's awesome. You What's know? Imodium? It's like diarrhea medicine. Like by the time you're holding, oh. by the time you're holding a bottle of Imodium, something's already gone terribly wrong. For you, <laughs> you know, like so you don't have you don't have warm fuzzy feelings. And maps right, the but the way. science of Imodium. Who created Imodium? You say to yourself, what genius was like? This is going to happen. There's going to be trouble, and uh, somebody's going to need this. But ki- the kids are like for ki- a kid, a map is like adventure. You know, so I feel like you get to a kid early enough that you know for their whole life they can think, yeah, it's actually like cool and fun to know about the world. So are they topographical? Do you do the different kinds or what? It's, uh, you know, it's it's more like, uh, you know, weird places on the earth. You know, we start with basics, latitude, longitude. How do okay. you remember which is which? You know, how do time zones work? Why? How can it be nighttime in... How can it be nighttime in oh, Korea right. when it's daytime here? But then, you know, then it gets into weird, you know, weird time zone places. Like there's this place in uh, Scandinavia where three countries, Russia, I think it's Russia, Norway, and Finland all meet. Yeah. And uh, the time zones are such that uh, you can actually step across the border and go back in time like four hours. <laughs> like the, the border guards on one side are having breakfast at the same time the other guys are having lunch. And they're like oh, an inch away, you know. Oh, weird. Just, you know, weirdness of, of, of geography it, like this. And the light is exactly the same. There's just um, – Oh, yeah. Like they just make up – you know, time zones are just a lie. Like China's all on the same time zone because that's national unity. But what that really means is like the sun, you know, you get you have to get up if you're in western China, you have to, you know, you get up at 6 a.m. and the sun's not going to be up for like five more hours or something. Wow. Because they got to be on Beijing time. Okay. Time zones are huge. Who knew that? Who knew that the entirety of China? Yeah, nobody fucking knew that. I didn't know that. 
The whole of China is one time zone? Yeah, and it's it's wider than the U.S. So it literally should be like five or six. It genuinely should be five or six. Like on the on the strength of where the sun is. I'm sure you do. No, you didn't know either, Mindy? All right, this is his wife. So, uh, but the thing is, is like, holy, that's insane. Then yeah. somebody has to get up at six in the morning, but it's really like three in the morning. And, and you know they're mad. They're like, you know, they have to be furious. Stupid chairman, whoever Wu or whoever's running China, you know, right. like. It's I, like I want to be supportive of China because I am Chinese, even though I live a gajillion miles from Beijing. But that's probably why they've got so many trouble with the Tibetans and the Uyghurs and whatever. You know, all these people they just want to like they're just they're cranky because of daylight saving. Yeah, yeah. It's like what they got daylight savings time every all year. You know. <laughs> Like that, it's that day for them, Groundhog Day style, like all year. Have you been to different, have you been to China? I've been to China once. Okay, cause there's, uh, there's different, that's insane! But, and I think stuff like this is what makes, can make anything, you know, geography actually seem fun to kids. You know, this that's is the fa- kind of fact they want to bug mom and dad with, you know? What's the Junior Genius Guide map? I'm buying that book. I want to know more facts along those lines. <laughs> it's going to be a whole series of these books. Presidents is coming out in May, and then there's going to be space and uh, Ooh, the space. human body and Egypt and all kinds. You know, the stuff oh, that right, kids right. are obsessed with. Yeah, yeah. Which are Dorkdoms. Everyone, dorkdoms. Fantastic. It's, uh, I just uh, did one with Jay Moore about presidents. His favorite president? Truman. Jay Moore loves presidents. Yeah, he reads presidential biographies. Nice. Yeah. You would think, um, and then he, he at one. I was on his podcast, and I called him a jock, and he got kind of mad. And uh, but he he does a sports radio show, and he's a jock. Let's be honest. Pre- presidential biographies are sort of a jock thing to read. That's what like douchebag <laughs> businessmen on airplanes read, you know. I did, and well, and I did tell him. I said, "You are a slow clap jock." So he's an okay jock. Like he's support. He's like that nerd nailed it. <laughs> You know, he's slow clap jock. Is that how you can tell the difference between you know, like a good-hearted jock? And yeah, a good-hearted Chris Cooley, speed slow of, clap jock. Speed of because well, how, well, how would a, how would an evil jock clap? Are they like they're like yeah? No, like they're, they're one of these type. The evil jock. Type. There's no clapping. There's uh, that is an absence of that is a guy that punches. That is just like I don't I don't want the nerd to ever be right. A pound pound pound. So slow clap jock is like I can be convinced that there's a good nerd. The that nerd was helpful. I can see people like doing some sort of type A fast like Ditka kind of okay bring it in you know fast clap oh, kind of <laughs> right like not like Citizen Kane like you know <laughs> weird your hands are gonna start. Bleeding, clapping, a little more, but supportive, kind of like encouraging. Like yeah, a Ditka more, kind of clap yeah. is more of a come on, like a bring no. it in kind of clap. You it's know, like, like you can do one up. pull up. I don't know. I you don't know sports one... things. I'm yeah. I'm saying phrases I've heard from movies about sports. <laughs> <laughs> Huddle up? Is that a thing? Is that a thing? The natural? Are you going to knock that light out? Um, so uh, yeah, all, all I know about sports are entirely uh, movie related as well. Major League was on the other day. It was back when. What's his face was almost sane. Uh, <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Uh, yeah, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. So, so like I, you know what I would like to do is I like topography, but I don't always understand it from the map to the like. I know what a hill is, and but I don't know <laughs> like when you look at a topographical map. Right. You're like. You know, like, like with the the kind that do the lines, so it's yeah. all like sort of stripey. Yeah, when when of. there's waves and there's all these different elevations and things are are limited, you're just like, okay, but how do I, how do I navigate? It's true. You sort of have to. Your mind has to turn. Like if the rings are getting smaller, somehow you have to turn that into three dimensional. Three D, like it's a mountain peak. That's what they should do. They should be. You know, we have three D glasses. 
You should have a thing where you look at the map and the mountains actually come at you, right? Will you get Google Glasses? Well, they start, well, they sort of have that. You know, you look at digital maps and, you know, they, now they have the ones where the buildings sort of turn in 3D. Right. But I wish that – here's the thing is there's a part of me that wishes that I could draw maps. You know, like the first guy who went with Lewis and Clark across the United States and that guy was like, oh, that's where that hill is. And he knew how to draw that map so that the guy behind him could go, oh, there's going to be a hill there. And uh, I – um yeah, those guys did too good a job. Like but, all the mystery is gone now. You right, know? but like, could you could could you do that? Do you know how to do maps? Do you know how to make maps? Oh, like navigating. No, it's all trigonometry. It turns out there's all this nerdy kind of like there was. I read about this guy. I think this is in the the Junior Genius book. This guy, the first guy to to map the Himalayas. He actually uh, you weren't allowed to make maps, so he sneaks into Tibet. He has to boil water every night, and everybody thinks he's making tea. No, he's checking to see how fast the water boils because then he can get his elevation. And he's actually got like a Buddhist prayer wheel. And so people think he's like super yeah. devout. He's actually like clicking it to count um, paces as he's walking. So he can like do distances too. So the guy's like a map spy. That you know? is a – Buddhist map spy. Oh, that's awesome. See how cool that it's is? It's pretty boss, yeah. And just – I mean I know that if I lived even 200 years ago, I would not live. I would die. I would have died of exposure uh, or some sort of like I would have just wandered off into the woods and never found my way home. I just because I like the woods, um, <laughs> but I don't know how to get out. I, of them. I think what that does to evolution, you know, people like us. Yes. That used to be, you know, mm-hmm. like dying before we could bring down the gene pool because we, we were not the ones now, who could skin a bear or whatever. There will always be the asshole gene of Cation going forth because <laughs> uh, none of my brothers can see, but they breed like bunny rabbits. Um, so yeah, there's just plenty of that going on anyway, but, uh, <laughs> what's, so one was maps and then what was the second one that's uh, already Greek out? mythology also. Greek, I love Greek mythology. I was obsessed with that in like second, third grade. Man. Yeah. It's, I took, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I went to Delphi once and. and oh, got, you've been? And, yeah. I went to Delphi and we crawled, crawled, climbed over the wind, uh, the fence at night with a <laughs> bottle of uh, wine because the Greeks are not paying attention. They're, uh, you can just climb over a fence and bring some wine and move. Uh, that was when I first realized that these were ruins and not construction sites because the, one of the. You thought the, they were still working on it? Uh, well. When are they going to stand up this pillar? We were. <laughs> Almost. It looks like it's been crooked for like years. I was with a Mexican woman, a Canadian guy, and a South African guy. Uh, nothing happened. And, uh, but we brought a bottle of wine and we climbed over this fence. And, um, the Canadian guy, of course, was reading the, the sign because we were all standing on the altar and he was like, Hey guys, I don't think we're supposed to be on the altar. And, <laughs> classic uh, Canada. Classic Canada. Knowing about the rules. And then, uh, and the, the Mexican woman, uh, was putting a candle and was propping it up and, and he goes, it's not a construction site. Stop <laughs> moving the rocks. And, uh, and I was reminded that when I took Latin, that, um, my Latin teacher was like, she was talking about how she went to the Coliseum and people were stealing rocks and she's like, you can't, you can't steal rocks. Then all the rocks will be gone and then it won't uh, actually exist anymore. And so I was like, oh, right, right. And The so- Greeks, uh, I believe that this is on the book, the Greeks believed that Delphi was the belly button of the world. They called oh. it the Omphalos. Like, uh, oh, neat. They thought that was like the center of the world. You know, There was a rock there. They literally, I don't know why they would literally think the earth needed a belly button. I don't know. But, uh, but that was it for them, Delphi. It was, it was, uh, it's a skiing town now. Is that right? Yep. And it's, uh, and I, and I, and I met some, a bit of a, and, <laughs> and then I met, um, a, an American businessman who, 
he, I was walking through some ruin and he was in front of me and said, you know what's weird about these places is that they know what they look like, but they don't, they don't just fix it. <laughs> and I was like, wow, you've been all over the world? <laughs> because there is a built to scale replica of the Parthenon in Nashville, Tennessee. And that, his idea was it should look more like the one in yeah, Nashville. Yeah, yeah, that's, they know what it looks like. The one they just fill in the bits. I gotta say, ours in Tennessee is a lot nicer than this. Like, <laughs> you, you can, you can just see the, the Tennessee guy being pretty pissed. Oh yeah, yeah, he's just like, we knew what it looked like. We have a giant statue of Athena. It's all working out for us. <laughs> the Xanfir, the pan flute guy plays there. <laughs> Couple of times a year, uh, things are happening, and uh, is <laughs> so, a falafel card, right? So, who's your favorite um, uh, Greek uh, hero? It was really tricky writing the book because you, you realize you start writing this book for kids. It turns out they're all totally dirty. All these stories, oh, you know, oh yeah, like those the guys. gods are just you know, I'll turn into whatever animal it takes to have sex with this lady, <laughs> right? You know? Right. Like they, all these stories are the same way. Like this god for some reason like just wants to have sex with some lady, so he's like. Well, what if I was a cow? That'd be pretty hot. Like, <laughs> I think she likes bulls. <laughs> She's pro- she'd probably be into that. Or like, there's one where he like Perseus is born because Zeus literally turns into a golden shower to have sex with this lady. Like, like that's the, I'm not this is the actual story. Right, right. Like, write your own punchline here. Right, exactly. I'm trying to figure out how to make that not dirty, and I can't. There's some there's some story where like the gods come. These gods come down and uh, – I can't – so I'm not setting up the story. But it ends with like the gods have to like ejaculate onto a, a, cow, a cow skin. Right. And, and this gives birth to some new creature or something. And, I'm, and I've got to write about this in a book for like 10-year-olds, eight or nine-year-olds. You right. know, like, and you're just trying to get to the fighting. Right. And, I'm just uh, trying to get to the, the release the Kraken or whatever the kids want. Right, right. I, I want to – where are the monsters and the swords going to come together? Right. And uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of sex before it happens. You have to gloss over all the weird – Right, right. There's a lot of – Weird. Uh, all right. This, Ken Jennings, uh, was fascinating. Thank you for uh, – It is. Okay. So let's do Junior uh, Genius Guides and then everything you're doing is Ken-Jennings.com. You write puzzles uh, and you, you do like – It's true. Those- I, have a, I have a quiz in Parade magazine every week. Do you know, do you know Parade? Yeah. The thing that comes in the Sunday paper and it's got like – Yeah. You do a Fajita quiz. recipes or whatever. Yeah. I, got, I do a little trivia quiz for Parade. <laughs> that's, that's my demographic. You know, people who watch Jeopardy, the ones who are still with us, uh, they, <laughs> I love they the also smile read on your Parade. Face. You're like, it's kind of – it's kind of dorky, but it's awesome, which is perfect. I loved Parade when I was a kid. Like I was so excited to be in Parade. To be allowed, uh, yeah, you that's have to be allowed so cool. to be in Parade. Yeah, uh, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm very lucky to have become a professional ex game show contestant. I, I love every minute of it. Well, it's coming right along, and these, this is, I, I like that you're using your powers for good. So everyone should follow you on Twitter at Ken Jennings, and thank you so much for supporting the Live Dork Forest, you guys, and thanks for coming out. Thank you. I don't know. I'm, I mean, if you want, we can take it. Do any? Do, do people have questions, or is there a fascinating question everyone's always wanted to ask? I didn't. I never do that. But. Totally. There's a hand in the back, right? Oh no! I actually went to high school overseas, so we never. I don't know if they, when did they have that. It's like late '80s on. Yeah, I know, but like, like I'm old. Like, did they have it like in? Did they have it in like the early '80s? It sounds like something from the 50s. The a geography bee? It's pretty old-timey. Alex Trebek hosts this every year in D.C., and it's like a spelling bee, but, like, the kids are answering. I went I, – when I wrote my book about maps, there's a whole chapter about these geography bee kids because they're amazing. They, they literally know everything about the world. They run out of stuff to study. 
Wow. You know, so you go there and these kids are like, you know, Rwandan exports. Boom, boom, boom. They're like cobalt, sugarcane, sorghum. They just, they know it. They're <laughs> wow. like little geography robots. Uh, it's, it's amazing. They are, it's, 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 it's really inspiring because Normally, yeah. when you read about geography, it's about how like college age kids can't, you know, ninety percent of them can't find right, right. Just sort of hear Pacific about smart Ocean kids is the best. It's it's it encourages you, you know. Yeah. Anybody else? Oh yeah, it's like a buck ninety nine, dude. <laughs> it probably it was ninety nine cents, and you didn't buy it. I'm sure it goes to some awesome gay cause too. What are you doing? Oh, okay. So I know Dan Savage from <laughs> I met him at a football game. This is what? where this is where you know. I think this is where, where ex- guys meet. That's where expect you expect to meet your your gay <laughs> icons. You know, uh, he we we both got invited through some weird shoestring way to go to the NFC Championship game. We were both at the Niners game. He'd never been to a, a football game of any kind. I was just sort of mystified by the whole thing. You know, he was like, "Why are they? Why is everybody being loud?" And I was trying to explain to him, you know, so you can't hear the signals. And he was like. That just seems, that just seems in very poor taste. You know? <laughs> that just seems so rude. It does seem rude. These are our guests, you know? <laughs> so we're hanging out. And I had, I had, like, I'd gone to UW in the early 90s when The Stranger was brand new. And so, like, like, I was really, like, sexually molded by, like, early era Dan Savage. Like, really out there Dan Savage columns. And so, like, he's a real, real icon to me. And I was telling him, you know, I was a big fan. And he was like, you should come on the show. Just because I think he thought it would be funny. And, uh, yeah, we had a good time. 99 cents. It's got to be pretty good to be worth 99 cents. Uh, for $5, by the way, you guys can get my new uh, hour stand-up special. Uh, yeah, an hour of uh, stand-up comedy video downloadable at allthingsrecords.com. And it's five bones, and it is called This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux. <laughs> because my soul is in it. Aww. Huh? Anyway, that is probably the only Harry Potter joke in the entire hour. Anyway, but... So you're tricking people. I am tricking. You're tricking I am the one nerds. Mad-Eye Moody reference. You, you know, like, nerd dog whistles. Yes. <laughs> like, like some dog... Horcrux? Horcrux? Like, Harry Potter? Nerds, nerds just, like, perk up like meerkats. <laughs> Squirrel? Anyway. Anybody else? You going? The oh. best geocache. That's a really that's a good one. That's a good question. Because a lot of them do get very elaborate. You know, they'll be in disguise. Like it'll it'll be a fake stump or something. Uh, this is a Harry Potter reference. There's one on a jogging trail, actually not too far from our house, um, where you know they've got like uh, I think mile markers on the trail. You know, mile nine, mile ten. They put up one that said nine and three quarters. Nice. It's a Harry Potter joke, and it's fake. It's a fake milepost, and you open it up, and there's a geocache inside it. There's one out on the Olympic Peninsula that I've never seen, but it's a uh, it's a it's an old timey payphone. But you actually, if you pick up the payphone and you dial the right code, the thing just opens up, and it's a it's hollow, and it's a geocache, um, which is pretty awesome. That is cool. A, a lot of them are pretty cool. All right. Well, I now I want to take part in the geocache world. It's addictive. It, I bet. I bet it is. Which, but it'll get me out of the house. That's the main thing, actually. It's just an excuse to go for a walk or something. Right, right. It's Thank some, God. Look at like this. It's, it's some way you can go for a walk and still stare at your phone. Right. You know? <laughs> Matt Weinhold used to have the greatest joke. He said, but was, this was like 15 years ago. Matt Weinhold, great comedian. Feel free to get his album. Uh, but, uh, he, uh, 
he didn't have a computer and his friends were like, you got to get a computer, man. And he said, yeah, have you been outside? The graphics are great. <laughs> it's such a great joke. MattWinehold.com. And uh, <laughs> anybody else? We got probably time for one more before the they got to clear and reset. Anticlimax. Anticlimax. We got time for one more question. Everybody's, That's it. Everybody's poised. What's it going to be? What's the closer? And then you... the crowd's like, yeah, we're pretty mm. much, we're done. Oh, there we go. Hero. Bring us home, sir. Where is Washington fixed up Stonehenge? I don't know. I don't know where this is. In the gorge somewhere? There's a Stonehenge replica? Is it like full size or is it like spinal tap size? And it's not... <laughs> And it's not made out of cars? Goldendale, is that right? Okay. I, should, I, I totally, I've been right by there and I didn't go to Stonehenge. What was it? It's, I guess it's, yeah. like, it's like your replica Nashville thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like the built-to-scale replica of the Parthenon. But it's a built-to-scale replica of the Stonehenge? Is it scaled? Do you recommend it? <laughs> I've been, All right. I've been to real Stonehenge. Would it be like uh, going to like the New York, New York in Las Vegas? Like... <laughs> Uh, which I can only recommend uh, the if they still have it uh, the roller coaster. Did you? Because that's amazing. Did you see this news story where there was a new postage stamp coming out with the Statue of Liberty on it, and it turned into a huge scandal because they had used a photo of the of the uh, New York New York one from Vegas <laughs> no. on the stamp. Like that's the basis for the engraving on the stamp. <laughs> and you can't. I guess you can't tell unless you know the original picture. But, right. Uh, but yeah, it's the casino on the stamp. Oh, that's awesome. I thought it was the greatest. That is the greatest. Okay, you guys. Um, I have um, shirts, and if anybody wants a sticker or something, I have nonsense out there. And, uh, and then there's going to be a stand-up show in about an hour, a little bit less. So stay for that. Solomon Giorgio is going to be here, and myself, and Yogi. He is another local Doric luminary. Got to get him on the pod. Uh, but uh, thank you so much, Ken Jennings. Thank Thanks you. a lot, you guys. I had a great time. Bye, merch. All right. That was great. Thanks so much for listening to the show, you guys. Uh, the bonus content, which is Andy and I discussing the show, uh, is available on the apps, the Libsyn sold apps. For some reason, Libsyn is also just posting it for free, so you don't have to buy the app. You can just go to tdf.libsyn.com if you're just downloading it to your iTunes and putting it on some other app to listen to all the different podcasts that you listen to. So if you want to listen to the bonus content, just go to tdf.libsyn.com or you can buy the app if you want. And uh, you can also just go to iTunes, by the way, and review the show. iTunes supposedly cares about that. So if you're enjoying the show, and I read them, and that's great. And if you ever want to email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com. The credits, of course. Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, Mike Rickberg composed and sang the intro song. He's going to sing the Mexican hat dance right here in a moment. And Vilmos fixes the website, JackieCation.com, where, by the way, there is a donation button, JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com. Feel free to donate. I'd love everyone to give me a 100 bucks a year. That is $8.33 a month. I have not figured out a way to make that easy for you. You would have to remember that, or you can just throw me some money. If you don't have any money, uh, that's fine as well. But feel free to talk up the show. And if you would like merch, if you'd like a, a Dork Forest t-shirt or a CD of my stand-up comedy or would like to know where I'm doing stand-up, go to JackieCation.com and hook yourself up. There's also an Amazon banner. If you want to, or, if you ever order from Amazon, and we all do, go through JackieCation.com and the Amazon banner. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. See you next week. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?